That's our purpose. We have specific purposes as individuals and destinies that we're called to create, but we've all been given this purpose of the ministry of reconciliation. Our calling is to take what we just have been discussing that we find in the world and bringing all of that to the Lord and reconciling all of those things to Him. Hey everyone, welcome to Summit Up, brought to you by the Summit Dover. If religion has given you more questions than answers, you're in the right place. So sit back and open your mind with us. I'm Josh Hall. I'm here with Kyle Schweitzer, Skylar Hallman, and the man with the answers, Pastor Rob Coburn. All right. Hey, hey. welcome, everybody. It's an awesome yeah. day to be talking again, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. It's be nice to be in the studio and not outside in the rain. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Which you were just a second ago. Yeah, yeah I was. <laughs> you ran Got pretty all. fast, so it was good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not too wet. Awesome. Well, we covered a lot last episode. Thank you all for the comments that came in. Our YouTube viewers, uh, thank you for watching. And uh, we've got some other great topics today. And we started last week, we started talking about adoption. We've been on that topic for for a couple weeks now. And uh, man, we've got some kingdom keys today for for what we're covering. Well, I think the first kingdom key that we're going to discuss today is adoption restores the lost connection. So that is all implied that there was a connection that was lost and that adoption and the, the act of adoption has restored us to that lost connection. Right. So when humanity sinned, we lost connection with Jesus and the family and God, the Father and the Holy Spirit and all that. We lost that connection. We were connected to an earthly family, right? The, the enemy, we were connected to his family. And, uh, and that really is the, the reason why we have the rest of these scriptures, uh, because there was a fall. I, I often imagine, like, what what would the world have been like if Adam and Eve hadn't fallen, you know? But this adoption um, restores all of that. And so the scriptures between Genesis 2 and the fall and Matthew are all about redemption coming back and, and bringing us into, into alignment and connecting us back to the family uh, and bringing back that connection. So what... In, in our lives, I mean, we've all had times when we've lost connection with the Lord uh, in our walk. I know uh, after we lost our three-year-old daughter, uh, she died of meningitis. I went through a season in the desert of losing connection with the Lord. Now, not that I renounced him or anything, um, but just like life was different for a little while. There was a, there was this loss of connection, uh, and then we have to we have to bring ourselves back to a relationship with Jesus and, and the Father to restore the lost connection. But we can only do that because he came and gave himself on the cross for us. So in your lives, what what has been things that you've maybe lost connection and how did you reconnect? Well, I think, it, and, and that's a great aspect because if you go back to what's your personal life, because again, you can go back to Adam and Eve, you can always go back to the story, you can always see the history of of when man sinned. But, you know, sin is one thing of losing connection, but circumstances is another. So it's like, again, it's a good question to ask, is what's in your personal life that maybe, you know, it, it could have originated in sin or something was sinned against you, but there's, there is a connection lost in a, in a, um, 
in a limbo, uh, so to speak. And I think it can happen kind of at, at any time. And I, I know we have the example of Adam and Eve and, and that lost connection. But if we simplify it and say in my personal life, you know, what, you know, what, let's, let's like evaluate your life and, and see what has happened. What, what took you away from God at that moment? And then how does it, how does adoption and talking about this key subject bring you back? Yeah. I mean, losing connection, um, I, I definitely lost connection when I was, I'd say high, you know, high school and then definitely going into college. Um, there were just more important things, right. You know, for an 18, 19 year old. Um, and I just, I didn't have the, uh, I guess the foundation and I don't know how many young adults have a good foundation in God. It's really about how you're raised and where you're raised and, um, kind of what you are taught. So that's why I do think that at the summit, you guys or you know, everybody here does a really good job with the youth. I think that the programs here, I mean, when I come in and I see the kids jumping up and down in front of the, you know, the <laughs> congregation, you know, and they're, you guys are playing the music and they're singing along and jumping. I mean, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I think something for me personally is like my, um, my disconnect season was definitely through middle school and high school. Um, something that I struggled with was a lot of like that identity issues of like, like who really am I? So I was one person here and one person there, you know, like I was raised in the church. So at church I was this person and at school and like parties and different things like that. I was a whole nother person. Um, my identity really relied on basically the people that I was around. And so for me, it was like, I felt so much shame because there was such a conflict in me of like, Oh, well, I'm not like fully connected with God because like, I feel like I'm messing up and I'm making mistakes. And, um, that was the whole mindset of the, it's all performance based. And so as I like learned and came into my identity and started realizing that God adopted me into the family strictly out of love of who I am and not because of what I do and what I've done, then it really changed my whole life. And I think something that like I really learned through the whole process is you know, as much shame and guilt like weighs us down, it's never too early to turn around and say, I'm coming back to you, Father. I'm ready to make that decision to come back. And you know what? I know I've made mistakes, but like I, I'm ready to make that surrender and say, I'm ready to come back to you. Yep. I'm with you, Skylar. I did a, a whole identity crisis thing too, where it was, you know, in, in a certain group, I'm this guy. And then, you know, in a certain situation, I'm a different guy and, you know, just trying to figure it all out. And at the base of it though, there was always the true identity. Like I, I look back now and I'm like, Hey, it was always there. It was always there. And it was just being buried and covered up by this other, right. you know, identity or these other identities that I would wear from time to time. Right. So honestly, when I moved back to uh, Dover, from Columbus is whenever I think I, I started to really shift back into my true identity. Um, and that really helped set the foundation for where I'm at now. Um, I'm just really glad that I, that God brought me back here to, you know, to my family and, you know, I, I got a good job, met my wife. I mean, everything just worked out. I think the way it was supposed to, um, yeah, just very blessed that, that, that happened. Absolutely. I think that like, honestly, who hasn't really struggled with this? Like, who hasn't been through that time, especially in the middle school, high school years of, like, Those are trying tough to years, figure yeah. out who you are and, like, really struggling with different identities, especially when you grow up in 
the church and that's all you've known your whole life but like then you're introduced into the world and into high school and there's so many different people that don't believe the same as you and so you go back and forth of like okay really what do I stand for who am I you know what's funny real quick I I what hit I remember a specific time when I was hit with some like some of that truth knowledge right like all of a sudden <laughs> like holy crap I was uh, out of a well, I didn't want to call him a friend at the time. It was a guy that I graduated high school with. He was at Ohio State. Um, so, I, you know, me and a couple of friends, we ended up over at his place just because of the connection, right? The Dover connection. <clears throat> Excuse me. And then we were talking and hanging out that night. And at one point he looked at me and he said, you know, I, I'm sorry. I said, what, what are you sorry for? He said, I always thought you were a jerk. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay, why? And he's like, I don't know. I mean, I know we never talked in high school or anything, but I just thought you were a jerk. Huh. I'm like, oh. I think it was probably because of some of the people I was friends with mm. or the group that I was in, you know, I was on the sports teams or whatever. And he said that and it just kind of hit me. I'm like, was I a jerk? I hope not. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And and that kind of kicked that whole thing off too. Like, I don't think I'm where I'm supposed to be. I need to get refocused. Um, so yeah, that was interesting. Well, Skylar, you said something too about, um, you know, is there an added pressure for people who grow up in the church to have a certain identity? You know what I mean? Like, so is there, you know, when you're trying to, when you're getting exposed to different things and different groups of people with different mindsets, is there an added pressure to folks? Because I know that people who, uh, young people who are unsaved or not born in the church, you know, they, they have this whole previous life pre-saved. You know, I grew up in the church, so I don't know if I ever you know, had that previous life, you know, cause there's like, when did you get saved? I was like, well, it's a, it's a good question because, you know, I kind of was born here <laughs> and, you know, yeah. it, it should be, and everybody's like, well, you should have that day, you know, the day that you got saved memorized. And, and I said, well, you know, I, I was a kid and I remember a lot when I was a kid, but so I, I just wonder if there is, there's a time, even if you do grow up in a church, there is a time where you do have to, even though you did that, even though you may have said a prayer when you were a kid there, you still have to get in tune with that identity. So you're going through the same thing that everyone else is going through, uh, even though you did grow up in a church. So I just wondered if, is there any, added pressure or expectations on uh, kids uh, or adults who grew up in a church and what, you know, what's expected of them. Absolutely. I mean, I think that there's uh, this unwritten stigma that we all believe growing up in the church that we have this extra pressure that, you know, people that are not in the church, when they're growing up, it's like they make mistakes and they just go past them. Like they don't think about them and stuff too much. Probably, you know, I'm sure that some things stick with them, but like in the church when growing up, like we have the stigma of, Oh my gosh, I made a mistake. Now, like I'm not supposed to do that because I'm supposed to, I'm supposed to be perfect. Mm -hmm. I'm supposed to have everything figured out. Like I, I'm a Christian. I'm supposed to have all these values and morals and stuff that I have to stick with. And if I go outside of them, then I'm just, I'm so bad and I'm not representing God. Well, and that, and that goes back to the the whole identity issue Absolutely. is that I think that we as the church, I mean, to indict the church, to indict us as leaders, I mean, is that we are not giving the right answers and not helping people think and discover this on their own. Um, this adoption idea uh, needs to be something that you're getting when you're super young and it's reinforced all the way up through that you understand that there is conviction of the Holy Spirit to what you're about to do, but there is therefore no condemnation, right? 
Romans 12. So I, I think that we as the church have put that stigma on our young people, and we as young people in the church gr- growing up had that stigma put on us, and really all it is is a lack of understanding of who dad is and his expectations of us. And if we really grasp that, it gives us a transformation in our minds. So we may make mistakes, but we don't, as you said, linger there. And we move on and understand that dad loves us. And we see that all throughout scripture. You see it in the prodigal son. You see it in all that stuff. That dad has a different outlook. You know, father God has a different outlook on how we interact in life than what we do. Um, Religion has tainted the experience of most people in the church. Uh, Probably voluntarily because we were ignorant to the word. And I think the picture is back with Adam and Eve because they gave us that picture at the beginning. It's like it, the the goal of the enemy was to separate that connection, uh, or yeah, separate the connection, and to just lose that that communication between God and man. And I I think that's the, the goal, or the goal of the enemy enemy hasn't. St- Stopped being that. I, I think he doesn't have that many tricks. I think it's just one trick, and that's just to keep the connection <laughs> right. dis- disconnected between God and man. I think that's the whole scheme, mm-hmm. and and um, and it and it's just keeps coming at you. And the importance of adoption and knowing that you are is re- that that connection is restored supernaturally and spiritually, and you have that connection, and you just tap into it. Yeah, I think I think that we get stuck in cyclical behavior of. Uh, nonsense, condemnation, guilt, shame, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And as you said, Kyle, I love that, that the enemy's sole purpose is to get us off our connection game with the Father because when we're in connection with the Father, we're feeling what they felt in Genesis 1, mm-hmm. um, and we're flowing with him, and we're understanding, you know, the Father gives us specific downloads and secrets because of who he is and who we are as children. And we're in that cyclical behavior no matter what it is, it could just be doubt. That, that could be it. When we're in that cyclical behavior, we find out that he's still talking. We're just not able to hear him. And so we have to go through our kingdom. Key number two is adoption initiates transformation. Mm. And so when we actually grasp onto that, Skylar, going back to what you said, when we grasp onto the transformation, it changes who we associate with. It changes who we are. Yeah, absolutely. And I think um, a big part of that transformation is that realization of, you know, how many people growing up in the church is like you ask these young kids and these young teenagers and stuff like, why is it that you believe what you believe? And so many of them will give you the same answer. Well, it's how I was raised. Mm -hmm. It's what my parents taught me. At some point, we have to make that decision and say, you know what? Why do I believe what I believe? It has to be my own belief and my own faith. I can't be living off of someone else's faith. I have to be, I have to understand that I've been adopted personally into the kingdom of God. And now I have a relationship myself that is personal with God, the father. Don't you think that that's what we described in the, in the very beginning of this, this segment is we've all gone through times of disconnection and it's because of that purpose. We, we haven't understood that. You know, you said about, you're talking to kids like around that age, Mm -hmm. think about on a, on a, a different note, like education wise, you're, you're asking kids, are you going to college? And the kid will say, well, yeah. You say, well, why? Kid says, I don't know. My parents told me I should, or society says I need to. Mm-hmm. People need to be able to, they, they need to make that decision on their own and they need to be educated prior to that as to like, 
this is why it's important to understand. I mean, that's an identity thing right there. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just going because I think I'm supposed to. So that means that you don't really fully know your identity in there. And it's the same thing with God. Like you don't fully know. Do you, you mean, you see what I'm saying with yeah, that? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Totally. I think, like I, think age it go- I think it goes back to, are we teaching people what to think? Are we teaching them how to think? Right. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. and, and I think in the church for many years, I mean, even I've been involved in this where we're teaching people the things that they need to know, not how to get into a walk with the Lord to discover that same key in their own life uh, by just relationship. It's a, it's a mindset. It's a change and it's a transformation. Like you're the key set it like, it, I, I guess go back to my kids and I can apply this cause it's real life. And if I'm saying, I'm trying to install principles uh, with my children as they're growing. But at some point, like you said, they're going to have to choose whether they're going to lie or not. Mm -hmm. You know, what I have to teach them growing up is that lying is worse than the offense itself. You know, to me, like like if, if... I would say just a recent example. Uh, I, I use Natalie a lot, but I'll, I'll use Natalie again. Um, uh, I know Natalie. It's warranted. It's good. It's good. So like the garage door, the red chain uh-huh. that holds down and, you know, you unlock it, you know, so that in case the power goes out. But anyway, uh, somebody did it. Somebody did it because I turned the thing and it wasn't, wasn't working. The garage door wasn't going down. She's like, I don't know. I don't know. No, I didn't do it. Abby must have done it you know, or something, you know, try, just blaming. I say, I don't know if Abby was there. Now let's now just evaluate, you know, do you think you're going to get in trouble? And she's like, well, I just didn't want to get in trouble. <laughs> so did you do it? He's like, well, yeah. You know, and, and then I had to talk to her about the truth. I, I said, maybe there is consequences for what you did, but lying about it and trying to put it on somebody else and that's, you know, that's, that's the concept. So it's just trying to train these principles. At some point, I hope there's a, a initiation where she's like, I'm just going to own up for the mistake I made. I'm going to go to my dad. I'm going to say, dad, I made a mistake. Um, help me get through it. Or what do I need to do? And then we move on to it together because she has trusted me. So that, that just has to be a natural relationship. It can't be based on just principles right. and just, you just cannot lie. Do not lie. There has to be a built trust to where that as you're growing up, they're going to eventually make that decision on their own. And then I'm there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but by the way, Kyle's going to be putting out his parenting podcast soon. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I'm going to force him because I oh, take a lot gosh. of notes off of him. No, <laughs> you know. do a good job. You oh, do yeah, a good job with those kids. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's good. Uh, the, the interesting thing about what you just said, about relationship is that he instructs us with love as you described in that scenario. And, uh, and so our transformation is from this condemnation that we're putting on ourselves or the enemy's trying to put on us through someone else or whatever. But when we're in his presence, he can, he can have us stand in the garage and look up at the red cord and say, did you do it? And yeah, we may him haul around about it for a little bit, but then when we say, yeah, we did, we have a, we have a moment of relationship of instruction. Mm-hmm. And I think that when, when we, in any case, talking about college or whatever, when we teach people what to think um, and not have a relationship with them to walk them through how they could think and how they could see different scenarios, we're doing a great disservice to that other individual. And as leaders, our, our call is to walk with people. Um, you know, Jesus led 
by walking. And it says they did life together. I know that's my translation, but yeah. they did life together. And in doing life together, there's probably so many red cords in the garage mm-hmm. door that he dealt with each one of them that's not written in scripture that helped them become who they were. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, teaching people what to think versus how to think, you're you're limiting what somebody's capable of doing then because, I mean, as a leader too, you got to think, okay, the people around me are capable of seeing things that I don't see or coming up with a, a different way to do something that I We'll never figure it out because I'm just not, it's not going to be me, but somebody else might figure it out. But if you're telling them what to think and not how to think, they'll never be able to break out of that and actually think forward and see things in a different way, maybe a better way, a new way. I think it's totally a strategy of the enemy. Yeah. Um, because, you know, teaching people exactly what to think, you can control them. That's what we see all throughout um, all throughout history, mm-hmm. really, is just societies teaching people what to think and not how to think for themselves. And thank the Lord we're, we're in a country that has allowed us to do that to this point, and we may have to, you know, fight for that. But um, this is the other thing that, that we talked about cyclical behavior, and I wanted to bring up this statement I, I made it, and sometimes I, I go back to sermons, and I'm like, wow, that was great. Um, but I, I, want it, I want you to hear this one. Not every thought that passes through your head is yours. If it's a thought that Jesus wouldn't think, you don't have to claim it as your own. And just because you have thought, you have a thought doesn't mean that's who you are. I mean, how many of us have had thoughts, and we've used those thoughts to define a season, a, a, a moment in time, or even our projected next 10 years, we've used a thought that came into our mind thinking that it was who we were. Right. It's like you're stuck. Like, this is it. Okay, you made this decision, and you made that mistake, and now you're going to have to live with it. You know what I mean? Now, mm-hmm. now that might be tr- You may have to live with consequences, right. but it doesn't define who you are. I believe that about myself for so many years. I believe that there is, you know, mistakes that I've made will keep me from doing any good. I was like, mm-hmm. well, I'm not, it's because I'm involved with it that it's not going anywhere because, you know, I, I made this mistake or I treated that person that way, you know, so that that's the reason why this isn't getting off, you know, uh, taking off or whatever. It's because I'm involved with it. You know, if I didn't do that, it would have, you know, maybe that, maybe it would have taken off a lot better. You know what I mean? So that, you know, the lies that keep coming in, and this is a, this is a daily thing. I, I mean, I don't know about you, but I mean, I'm still, you know, still battling stuff because it's like, I don't want to be defined by my past because I want to be transformed by the, uh, by the adoption and the relationship that I have, which initiates that transformation, which was the second mm-hmm. key. And, and that, that whole thing is what's building about what you just said. It's like every thought that comes to your mind you don't have to take it. You don't have to, you know, because if it's not what Jesus would thought. I like yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, I think that's really good. Um, I think it's really important for us then. That brings up a good point of we have to be really good at sitting down and being able to discern then. Like mm-hmm. what exactly, what what thoughts from us, what thoughts not from us, what thoughts from the enemy, and what thought is from God. You know, there's only three voices right there that you get in your head. There's not a fourth voice or not any other voice. So you have to just really discern by matching it up with the word and saying, does this line up with God's word? And if it does, then we understand that maybe that's God speaking to you. And maybe you're not just realizing that. And maybe you think that it's something that you're thinking of when it could be God trying to show you something about who you are. 
So yeah. How does that actually work out in, in daily life? That's my question. What does that actually look like uh, for each of us? I, I think it's different for each of us, but do we, do we lay aside things that have kept us busy um, or do we continue to go through life and try to discern on the run? I, I've noticed through this whole 10, 12 weeks, whatever it's been, um, I've been able to hear more clearly because there's been less noise. Mm-hmm. And I've been able to discern better because there's been less noise in, in my life personally um, that I can discern what voice is what voice at that point. Yeah, going to what you were saying about you know, is this, is this my thought? Is this the enemy's thought? Is this God's thought? And then I know this hits on what you were talking about, Rob, but I just saw this line that you have on your notes here, and it says, if Jesus is not addicted to porn, drugs, alcohol, food, work, uh, neither am I. He doesn't say those things, treat people that way, neither do I. So if you know who God is, if you know who Jesus is, then it's easier to understand when a thought is not a thought from God um, because because we are little Christ. And I think that's a, that was a huge key for me um, learning when I started coming to the summit was, I mean, I, I always like, I knew that it was like one of those things, like you're taught what to know, but not really how to know it. And then mm-hmm. you taught me how to know that, that I'm little Christ, meaning I'm created in God's image. Um, which I, I, lately I've been kind of thinking about that, that concept too, of the um, we're created in God's image. And if I can just take a quick quick sidebar into this concept that's going on in the world right now with race, and, and I keep thinking, like, if I'm created in God's image, then God is white. If my friend Percy is created in God's image, then God is black. If somebody in China is created in God's image, then God is Chinese. God is everyone. God is everything, and we are all God. So it really gives me a, a concept of, there, I mean, yeah, there's diversity on the earth, but we are all together in this. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I was just, it kind of hit me the other night. Yeah, absolutely. And I want to, I want to jump on this of this thing of, you know, with our, our thoughts and those beliefs and like what you were saying, if Jesus isn't addicted to porn or isn't addicted to drugs or this and that, then, then we don't have to be. And I think that like a lot of Christians are asking themselves and they're like, okay, so if Jesus died on the cross for me, and set me free from all these things, then why do I still struggle, and why am I still in this stuff? And I think a powerful concept that we need to learn to understand and jump into is, you know, our faith is powerful, and what we place our faith in is so powerful. Mm. And when we don't have our faith placed in God, but we allow those thoughts that, oh, you're addicted to -hmm. this, and we put our faith in that, that gives it power over us. Mm -hmm. And so then we're stuck in that. So then we have to break that off by realizing it first and then making that choice to accept. And you know what? I'm going to take my faith out of there and I'm going to put my faith back where it belongs, back in God. I'm going to say, you know what? That is not who I am. That's not who I was created to be. So I don't have to struggle and deal with that because when Jesus died on the cross for me, I was set free. So I'm putting my faith there. And that is where we see our transformation and our breakthrough. And that goes back to Ephesians 4 putting off the old, putting on the new. It's a choice. It doesn't happen just because you, you go to a service and you get touched by God and, and you know, whatever. It doesn't happen when you get baptized or when you get, you know, baptized in the Holy Spirit. It happens because of a conscious choice that the thing that enters, enters my mind, I'm going to choose whether I put my faith in that or not, whether I give that credence in my life or not. 
And I think that that's the daily battle. That's why, you know, being in the word every day is the base of the summit, the base of the mountain. Like we need to be in the word every day. So the word is actually helping us to decipher what those thoughts are. If Jesus wasn't addicted to this, if, you know, we can read in scripture that we shouldn't be, or that we have freedom in Christ or whatever. It's the temptations that we face on a daily basis, whether it be a thought or an, an action, are not who we are. It's just a piece of life that is hitting us. We have to stand on who we are, and then those things become super clear. Yeah, and not only are we supposed to be free from all this stuff, it even says in Scripture, it says that Jesus, he who knew no sin became sin so that we could become the righteousness of God. That's powerful. That's not just saying that we're, not only are we free, but God actually claims us and says that we are his righteousness. That's pretty crazy to think about. That's hard to wrap your mind around. And that's the transformation. Mm-hmm. And so after the transformation, it brings us into our third key, which is that adoption unlocks our purpose. And that that gets us into the do and gets us into the go and gets us into what, you know, after while we're doing that transformation, we're finding out who we are, we're finding out what we're called to do. We're free from all that stuff that's holding us back and the lies that keep telling us and keep telling us that we're we're, we're going to be stuck in this forever. And 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 instead of that, it's transforming us on a constant basis, Ephesians 4, is that renewing all the time and then going into our purpose. Mm-hmm. Our third kingdom key, which is adoption, unlocks purpose. It comes from the scripture in 2 Corinthians. I'm going to go there for a second. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. Now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, to us, and has committed to us the wor- word of reconciliation. That's our purpose. Um, we we have specific purposes as individuals and destinies that we're called to create. But we've all been given this purpose of the ministry of reconciliation. Our calling is to take what we just have been discussing that we find in the world and bringing all of that to the Lord and reconciling all of those things to him and helping people navigate life to be able to bring that to him as well. And so all the things that we get entrapped by, we take that and bring it to the feet of the Lord. Yeah. And I think that there's this really good quote that I love that I absolutely just has changed my mind on some things. And it was like, everyone's pretty much heard the saying that hurt people hurt people. Right. And so someone took it a step further and said, free people, free people. And that's just so powerful. Like, if we're going to be agents of reconciliation, if that's the ministry we're called to, then as we work through our transformation and we get to that place of freedom, we're then called out to go grab people and bring them into that freedom. Isn't our most effective ministry out of our brokenness? I mean, because we've been there, we know what it feels like to be in that situation. And when we see somebody in that situation, we want them to experience what we've experienced. That freedom. And that freedom. So, so whether it be an addiction, whether it be a, a relationship problem or an identity problem, when we actually find freedom through that, we can see that situation and bring those people out of it and reconcile them to Christ, which it says right here, 
that we are new creations in him because God reconciled himself through Jesus to us, and we can bring all that together. So really, and we have this saying at the summit, is that we are connection agents. Yeah. We are on mission to bring the world, to reconcile the world to God, and to bring people into relationship with the Father. So we're connection agents. That's that's our purpose. It's it's not saying the ministry of reconciliation. We're just connection agents. He does the work. And I love it because I, I love the three keys because there are action words in there. There's restore, okay, and there's initiate, and then there's unlock. So really, you connect. That's the whole gamut. It's you're restored. The connection is restored. The initiation, the transformation is initiated, and then you're unlocked now for your purpose. And the purpose is, like you say, we're connecting people to this pattern. And that's what we need to get people connected to it and then give them and free them up from these lies that keep them continuing circling that mountain, you know, just keep on going around and instead of coming up and, and taking that, uh, taking that purpose on and, and moving. As we have transformed the summit, uh, we changed our mission statement a little bit from what it was, but it, this is the mission statement. And I believe that it really is our purpose of reconciliation. It says, at the summit, we are on mission to ensure that every man, woman, and child have repeated opportunities to hear, see, and experience the gospel of Jesus Christ. That they experience it because they've met the Father. They, they've met God in a, in a place. Maybe that's here at the church, or maybe it's on the street, or wherever we come into contact with them. And we help them come into reconciliation with the Father through Jesus and the gospel, the good news. Yeah. It's good. And I've got a bonus kingdom key just to throw in there today oh, right. to close off the show. <laughs> because we are his because you are his child, God shares his values, his plans, and his purpose with you. He's got secrets, guys. He's got things, plans, things for you uh, that will transform the world. Uh, but we get access to that because we're his kid. There yeah. are things that you've experienced with your kids, like there's just different things that we laugh about just because we have this inside joke, you know. Uh, me and the girls were like, we can be somewhere and we just start laughing. And sometimes Jen's like, "What are you guys laughing about?" Well, we have this we have this inside thing, dad and daughter thing that we we laugh about. Well, why? Because. They're my kids, and we have a relationship like that. And he has the same with us if we allow it to happen. Absolutely. And I think sometimes we get this whole, this um, we take that and we get it twisted in our head of, like, God is hiding things from us. That's not true. God is not hiding things from us. He's hiding things for us. Amen. And I think that we get this picture, to put it in a really good picture, is, like, picture, like, when you were a little kid, and it was Easter, and your parents went out and they hid Easter eggs. Mm -hmm. And then you go out and you find these Easter eggs and you're filled with joy and you're like, oh my goodness, I got candy. Or if you're real lucky, you got some money. <laughs> <laughs> the old 50 cent piece. The yep. golden egg. <laughs> and, golden egg. And, and you know what? I, I love that picture because I remember being, a, being in that time frame and when the kids couldn't find the eggs, the parents went out and helped them, right? He, mm -hmm. The father always wants us to succeed. He doesn't want us to be in turmoil. He doesn't want us to fail. He always wants our success. So he'll go out and move the bush backwards so you can actually see what he's hidden for you. He's not keeping it from you. Yep. I like that because he wants you to find it. 
Because you want your kids to find the eggs. You want yes. to be out there all day, right? <laughs> <laughs> and you want them to receive the blessing that's, that's in the it. egg. Yeah, right. Yes. There you go. There you go. I know I put $5 out here. You kids are getting all $5. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, we, we have been on a journey of understanding this adoption process. And I know that the listeners out there, something that you've heard over the last few episodes has triggered something in your in your past or something in your heart that maybe needs recalibrated, maybe needs reconnected to the Father. And so I just wanted to pray as we close out today uh, for anyone who has not really understood the adoption process, uh, that hasn't understood or maybe really uh, made it a, a life change to be in connection with the Father. And I just wanted to pray over that. You all, I can open, you guys can pray too. Um, but I believe there's somebody listening or watching, however you're consuming this, that this has brought up a thing in your past, a hitch or something that has derailed your connection with the Father. And I just go back to the scripture. The Father's going to throw a party because he wants your success when you reconnect with him. And so I know this is unorthodox and I'm looking around the table, but I believe we need to pray and break some strongholds. In, in people, and, and it may be that we listen to this 10 years from now, and it's for us, but, uh, but I believe that, uh, that we need to pray today. So would you guys join me? Father, I just thank you, and we welcome Holy Spirit into this. Father, we just ask that uh, your power that comes through knowing you and this adoption process would invade every person listening. Now, I know that there may be someone out there who doesn't even know who you are, and Father, I just ask that your Holy Spirit would draw them to you, uh, that they would find someone that would know who you are and have a connection, a real relationship with you, that they would draw them in. And Father, for those who have had connection but are on the circular uh, behavior of, of passing and failing and passing and failing in their religious mindset, Father, I just break that off right now in Jesus' name. And I loose them to the power of the ministry of the Holy Spirit that they would understand adoption. They would understand that the Father has all good for them. And, Father, that you are so in love with them and wanting them to succeed that they can break that cyclical behavior and be able to move into what you've designed them to be. And, Lord, that you would unlock their purpose as they understand that they are ministers of reconciliation through their brokenness, not not disconnected, not uh, disqualified because of brokenness, but they are ministers of reconciliation in the midst and throughout their, their walking through this process because free people, free people. And so, Father, we just thank you for that. We give you this time. We give you each, each situation. And we ask for your anointed ministry to flow over every person. In Jesus' name.